Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. Right now, you're about to listen to a message from our current series. Thanks for tuning in today. We're going to be starting a new series called The Name of Jesus. So that's what we're going to be talking about here in, in, the, in the next few weeks. But uh, before we get into that, I uh, just want to remind you, you know, we're, we're one quarter into 2023. And, you know, month of April already, which is pretty crazy to think about. But if you remember back, we started out the year talking about 2023 being the year that you need, right? We talked about being fearless and full of faith and, and surrounded by favor. And just because we talked about that a, a few months ago, that doesn't mean that, that that's by the wayside. You hold on to the words that, you know, have, have been preached and, and taught here. And, and again, you... you you live by it. Amen. And, and I want to read actually the word that, that God gave to Pastor Mike here at the beginning of 2023, if you want to put that up there. And uh, I'll read through it. So again, he got this word, and this is for us here at church. And it wasn't just for the month of January, it was for this whole year. And it says this, it says, yea, did I not say in my word that I am the same yesterday, today, and forever? And did I not tell my people of old, fear not, for the Lord thy God is with you. So fear not, saith the Lord, fear not for what is coming in the days ahead. Fear not of what they say, fear not of what they do. So again, it says don't fear. Don't fear what's coming, don't fear what they say, don't fear what they do. You stand upon my word, saith the Lord, just as I have trained you. Stand upon my word, for my word will never fail. We just sang about it. Great is his faithfulness, amen, and his word will never fail. Believe my word, for my word will will never fail. Obey my word, and my word will never fail, saith the Lord. So do not fear. Stay in faith, and the Lord your God will be mighty among you. Pastor Mike. Fear not was in there six different times. Do you think that was important? Do you think God wanted us to, to understand that we're not supposed to fear going into 2023 and, and the things that are, that are coming against us? It also said, it was interesting about fear. When I look back through our YouTube videos you know, from January 1, when Rick Renner was here, what was the main thing he talked about? The spirit of fear and how to overcome the spirit of fear. Not knowing, again, this word from pastor at the beginning. So again, God is always ahead. He's always on time. And that's where, again, you listen to the messages that pastor teaches and preaches and, and you take those messages into your heart because, again, those, it's going to show you the things to come. So fear not. And then it says to stand on my word four or five times in there. That's a big deal. So again, fear not. Overcome that, that spirit of fear. And then March was Miracle Month. And, and just because March is over doesn't mean that, that miracles are over. So keep it coming. Keep them going. Amen. And if you've had some sort of miracle go on in your life, we've had a few people email it in. We'd love to have more. We'd love to have a service where you know, we can share different testimonies of what's happened. That builds everybody's faith. It builds my faith. I know it builds pastor's faith. You know, because we want to know that, that the word that's going forth, that people are applying it to, to, to their lives, which we know that you are. But again, when you have, uh, you know, direct testimonials and stuff, that strengthens everybody's faith. So send those into info at, at Faith Family Church or go on the website and, and do that there as well. Before we get into the word, I, I, I want to share one thing that, that just kind of came to me. You know, I, I heard this guy share a little bit about this and it just kind of resonated with me. You know, that, that church can represent three different things to people. 
You know, one way you can view church as a hospital, and Wednesday night people, this, this is not a hospital to you. Now, when you, you first come to church, church is kind of like a hospital. You come in, you're kind of a mess, a train wreck. You don't know up from down. You know, that's how Melissa and I were when we first started coming to church here. But the, the, the hospital mentality is it's a quick fix, right? You come in, pastor gives you your shot, you're good for three or four weeks or a, or a month or two, and then, and then things go down in the dumps again, and you got to come back and get another shot. And we shouldn't live as church as a hospital. You know, the second level is, is, is church as a family. We're, we're faith family church. And if you're a part of a family, you know you've got responsibilities, right? You don't just show up. You, you know, you, you serve. And when the, when the meal is served, you, you, help, you help prepare the meal. You help clean up afterwards. And, and, and you bring your tithes and offerings. You help provide for the meal and, and, and do all of those things. You do your homework because you're, you're part of the family, Right? And that's that second level. And then the, the third level, and, and this is what I believe the Wednesday night crew is, it's, it's, it's church goes from being a hospital to being a family to being an army. Amen? Amen? The army of the Lord, right? You, 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 you're fighting for the vision that Faith Family Church's vision is to build a supernatural church here in Sioux Falls, and that's what's been done over the last 42 years. When you hear the testimonies, you know, miracles still do happen here. The gifts of the Spirit are still in operation here. They haven't ceased, you know, 2,000 years ago. They're very much still in operation. You know, you pray for the, that vision to come to pass, but you also take what you learn here and you apply it to your life. You apply it behind the four walls. You apply it in your family life, right? You, you are being the hands and feet of Jesus. So when you leave these doors, you are that army, right? You're, you're taking territory from the kingdom of darkness and bringing it into the kingdom of light. You remember when we talked about the believer's authority a couple Wednesday nights ago? It, it, it's not the devil putting pressure on us. We're putting pressure on him because we're taking territory from him. And that's how you want to act and live and you want to be in the army of the Lord. Amen. How many people are in the army of the Lord? Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. So we're going to get into to the name of Jesus. And tonight specifically, we're going to talk about what's in a name. And, and this is kind of going to lay the foundation. It may seem a little bit elementary, but as I was going through and, and preparing this, you know, I thought about, you know, power in the name of Jesus. And I thought, man, you know, there, there'd be a lot out there and there's really not a lot of books and, and other material out there. There's some, but not nearly as much as other topics, which is, is very interesting, you know. Um, so when I was studying it out, it was just like today it was awesome because it was like God was just kind of downloading and I always end up running out of time. You know, I, I end up not thinking I'm going to have enough information. And then, of course, as you know, I come up with plenty and to spell it out, it's like drinking from a fire hose, right? Amen. Well. Get in where you can. Amen. Proverbs 22 verse 1 is where we'll start here tonight. Again, we're talking about the name of Jesus and what's in a name. Proverbs 22 verse 1, it says, A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. A loving favor rather than silver and gold. So think about that. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. So what do you think of when you hear certain people's names? You know, if I say the name Adolf Hitler... What goes off in your, yeah, kind of groans, right? He was you know, notoriously one of the most evil men that, that you know, in, in our, not so much our generation because he died back in 1945, but again, we all know who he is, just mentioning the name of Hitler and, and, and very well known and, and just a reviled man in history. It, it said, you know, he was responsible for killing, I think it was like 40 million people. I read a book that by Andy Andrews, that was, how do you kill 11 million people? But I, I think overall, it was even more than that. That book was interesting because how do you even kill 11, like where do you even put the body? It was like, it was so, it was so evil, 
You think about how evil they were, that they systemically killed all the Jews and there was Christians and and people that were handicapped and all that. How did they even do that? It was truly a spirit of, of Antichrist. And I'm sure many people at the time thought Adolf Hitler was the Antichrist. You think of another name, think of Judas Iscariot. How many kids would name their, or how many people would name their kid Judas? Not going to happen, right? You think of the name and, and, and the, just what that name, may, name means. You know, you think of Ishmael. Pastor always talks about not having Ishmaels in our lives, right? There's Isaacs and there's Ishmaels. Isaac's a blessing and Ishmael, you know, is, is, is on the flip side is the curse. Now, on the flip side, there's names like, like Billy Graham. They said he re- was responsible. He preached to over 215 million people. Think about that. Unbelievable. You know, Mother Teresa, you know, a, a woman that's, that's renowned for just living a, a lifestyle of servitude. You have Martin Luther King that was, you know, the head of the civil rights movement. You know, you have all these other names that, again, that, that they lived a legacy. They lived lives of integrity, that they made a, a significant impact. Amen? But it's not so much their names. Like the, the name Billy or, or, or Martin doesn't hold a whole lot of weight. It's really their reputation that's behind the name. In Proverbs 22, verse 1, in the New Living, it says this, Choose a good reputation over great riches. Being held in high esteem is better than silver or gold. Amen. Warren Buffett said it this way. He said, he said, it takes 20 years to build a reputation, but it takes five minutes to ruin it. One wrong move, one wrong decision, meditating and, and giving place to the wrong things and, and leading you down the wrong, wrong path, you know, and... We've seen ministers and, and various people of influence over the years that, that have fallen and, and, and made mistakes. Praise God that he's faithful, but it then takes time to rebuild that trust, especially if you've got a platform you know, that you're out in front of. And that's why we always want to pray for our pastors. Amen. Pray for those that are in leadership because, again, they're on the front lines. They are putting pressure on the kingdom of darkness, but the kingdom of darkness is, is firing darts right back at them. So, again... Where I'm starting here tonight is, is that, that what's in a name? Names are a big deal to God. So Exodus chapter 3, turn there in your Bibles. And here's where we're at. So this is when, when God comes to Moses and he's in the burning bush. And, and you think about this. Names were a big deal to God. So between the time of Adam to the time of Moses was roughly 2,500 years. And God had not spoke his name to anybody in that time frame. He had not shared his name with anybody in that time frame. So you think about that. And so God comes to Moses and he's going to tell him, hey, you're going to go talk to Pharaoh. You're going to leave, lead the Israelites out and, and, and you know, let my people go and all that. So we pick up the story in Exodus chapter 3, verse 13. And it says this. It says, Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and I say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, what's his name? What am I going to say to them? Verse 14 says, and God says to Moses, I am who I am. And he says, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. And this word, I am that I am, it's, 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 it's the word Yahweh. And the word Yahweh, or, or God's name Yahweh, it's, it's God's name is a reflection of his being. Now think about this, listen to this. It says, God is the only self-existent and self-sufficient being. I am who I am. Only God has life in and of himself. You think about it. In the beginning, God created. God created the beginning. He was before the beginning, right? It's just, 
It's, it's like a mind twist to, to try to wrap your mind around how, how eternity works and operates, but that's God. That's Yahweh. I am that I am. He's the only self-existent and self-sufficient being. He doesn't need anybody else to exist. He exists in himself. And he spoke the, the world into existence. He said, light be and light was, right? And here's the deal with, with the importance of a name. You know, back then, it, it, people actually spelled his name Y-H-W-H because they didn't want to risk spelling it wrong. They, they honored the name Yahweh. They, they, they were so reverent towards it, they wanted to make sure that they didn't spell it wrong, that, so they just did the, the, the Y-W-H, Y-H-W-H. In Exodus chapter 20, verse 7, that's the third commandment. It says this, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Think about that. And I know that was under the law, but a name is important to God is what I'm trying to get at here. It says he will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Now that that word vain, it means this. It means empty, nothing, worthless, or for no good purpose. So the obvious, you know, thought process of taking the Lord's name in vain, you know, it'd be something like using, you know, Jesus as a curse word or, or, or God's name as a curse word. You know, I was, I was just listening, you know, I get sucked into those shorts and, and there's this psychiatrist, psychologist guy who's, he's actually really good, but, you know, a, a GD popped out of his mouth and I was just like, man, come on. You know what I mean? And, and it's like, it, it should be like fingers on a chalkboard or like nails on a chalkboard when you hear that. You know, and, and I remember, I'll never forget, I remember when this was before Christ, I was probably 21, 22 years old, I was in college, and we went out, uh, we were skiing all day, and we brought the boat in, and we were putting everything away, and uh, I'm sure some alcohol was involved, but I remember, um, you, you know, using Jesus' name in vain, JC, you know, out loud, and I remember somebody's mom just yelling, who said that, you know, and, and basically corrected me, and I'm telling you, that made an impression on me. It made an impression on me. You remember pastor telling the story of having Apollo with him on Sunday and, and that guy coming up and going, oh, this is a blankety-blank bike. And, and Apollo looks at him and says, you said a bad word. That innocence, right? That's how we're supposed to be as well. Amen. You don't have to be arrogant with it. But again, for sure don't enter into it. Lead up to a higher level. Amen? Bring people up to the level you're at. Don't shrink down to the level they're at. Amen. So those are the obvious you know, uses of it. But the not so obvious is, is even just doing the OMG you know, when you're responding to somebody or, or just these word choices of, of something good happens, you go, oh my God, that's so cool. Again, it's taking the name of God in vain. And I'm not trying to, to be legalistic here and whatnot, but I'm telling you, God put a high importance on his name. Amen. A very high importance on his name. Now here's the deal. Yahweh appears over 7,000 times in the Old Testament. So I'm not trying to make you, you superstitious or, or crazy or legalistic about this. I'm not trying to do that at all. But it's on the flip side, let's be respectful and, and let's not misuse the name of our Lord and Savior, Amen. Jesus Christ. And let's not misuse God's name. Because again, that's what the, the enemy wants to have happen. Where there is no power in the name because you're just, people are out just flippantly using it. And then we understand that there is power in that name, but, but when is there power? Is it when you're using it as a, you know, in, in a vain way? When, or, or is it, you know, over when you're actually praying for somebody? And, and, and what's the difference? And there's really not one. 
Three quick ways to, to disrespect God's name. Just listen here. Leviticus 24, verse 16, it says, Whoever blasphemes the name of the Lord shall surely be put to death. That's how important it was. We don't live under the law anymore. But imagine if we did. There wouldn't be a lot of people around anymore, would there? If, if you were put to death for using the name of the Lord in vain. The second way is Leviticus 19.12. It says, And you shall not swear by my name falsely, nor shall you profane the name of the Lord or of your God, for I am the Lord. You know how we'd say, I swear on a stack of Bibles. I swear on my mama's life. And I mean, what does that even mean? But then people will say, I swear to G-O-D, right? We're not to be doing that. It says it right in there. Again, it's under the law, but it's not like God changes his mind with this. It's an important thing. Jeremiah 23, verse 25 says, I've heard what the prophets have said who prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. Be very careful when you say, the Lord said this, or the Lord said that. Yes, prophecy is is definitely one of the nine gifts of the Spirit. But those that flow in the prophetic, I'm telling you, it's a high, high responsibility. There's over 780,000 words in this Bible. So the prophetic should typically line up with the Word of God, right? And it should confirm something that you're already believing. Amen? Just have it grounded in that. So again, what's in a name? Names were a big deal and are still a big deal to God. That, that's my point in, in going back into the Old Testament. So what's in a name? Again, in ancient culture, your name actually meant something. You remember when they, they changed Abram's name to Abraham and Sarai's name to Sarah and, and, and Saul to Paul? Because names back then, they had value. It, it, it told others who they were. You know, so when they walked up and he said, my name's Abraham, it, it meant I am the father of many nations. That's what he was saying there. And the same is true with the name of God, right? His name has meaning and it has power. It's, it's holy. It's to be rever- reverenced. Therefore, we shouldn't, again, use it in vanity as, as empty and hollow and worthless. And it's always very interesting when we get into to talking now specifically about the name of Jesus, it's interesting how, you know, when you stub your toe, people don't go, oh, Muhammad, right? Or, oh, Buddha. It never happens. But they will use the name of God in vain. And why is that? The spirit of Antichrist, right? 1 John chapter 4. Let's look at this. 1 John chapter 4, verse 2 through 3. It says, by this you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Say this, Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. Amen. You're of God then. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist. Listen to this now. Which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. You know, we're always looking for who the Antichrist is. Every generation since Jesus went, you know, ascended to the, to the right hand of the Father, they've thought, again, I'm sure they thought Hitler was the Antichrist. Recently, we thought different leaders were the Antichrist. I don't know who the Antichrist is, but I know that the spirit of Antichrist is already here. Just in the simple analogy of stubbing your toe and not, you know, cursing another God, but but cursing our God. Amen? That's that spirit of Antichrist that is already in the world. And here's the thing with the spirit of Antichrist. It hates Jesus. It's Antichrist, anti-Jesus. And if Jesus is in you, it hates you too. Amen? Amen. The spirit of Antichrist. Turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 4. So names 
are a big deal to God. They carry weight. They carry value. And the Antichrist spirit is essentially always trying to keep you quiet. Always trying to shut you up. That's the number one goal of the Antichrist spirit. So Acts chapter 4, the, the preface of the story, this is when Peter and John went out and they, and they didn't have any money and, and there was a, a beggar or, or a, a lame man and he said, you know, he was asking for alms and what did Peter and John, Peter said this, he said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I, get, I have, I will give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. So he ends up walking and, and this creates a whole huge hubbub, the spirit of Antichrist. So now the religious leaders are just absolutely freaking out, right? Because what spirit is behind them? It's it's definitely not the spirit of Jesus. It's not the spirit of God. It's the spirit of Antichrist. Let's see what it says. Acts 4, verse 16, it says, What should we do with these men? They asked each other. We can't deny that they have performed a miraculous sign. Isn't that insane? So they, they say, we can't deny that this man, he was lame, and now he walks. We can't deny that but yet they still won't believe. So what do they do? They say, and everybody in Jerusalem, they, they know about it. Verse 17, but, but to keep them from spreading their propaganda any further. The word propaganda means, means false rumors, half-truths, and lies. That's what the religious leaders thought that, that the disciples were spreading. And of course, they thought that they had it all shut up by, by crucifying Jesus. You know, the religious leaders were the ones that were responsible. We just had Resurrection Sunday, right? Easter weekend. The religious leaders were the ones responsible, and the the Antichrist spirit, Satan himself, was behind that, right? Thought he had it all shut down. We get rid of Jesus, and and now nobody's going to be talking about it anymore, and finally we're done with this. And now here we go. The lame lame man walked. Now how are we going to shut these guys up? So they called the apostles back in, and they commanded them never again to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. And that's what that spirit is trying to get you to do. Never again... Speak or teach in the name of Jesus. But here's what Peter and John said. Do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. And that's how it should be with us as well. Amen? We cannot nor we will not stop talking about Jesus. That doesn't mean we've got to go out and be arrogant and, and, and flamboyant and stuff with it. No. Your walk talks a lot louder than your talk talks many times. But we are a representation. We are ambassadors for Christ. We are strangers in a strange land. We don't have to be strange, right? But we are strangers in a strange land. This is not our home. Heaven is. And the Holy Spirit lives and dwells inside of us. And we need to be a representation. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. And we cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. That's why when you hear testimonies here of miracles, that's what I always used to do at the gym. When I trained people that week, I'd, I'd share stories of what happened at church, and it would just be constantly baiting people. Because again, you know, some of them went to church, but they wouldn't have any stories. They wouldn't even remember what the minister said half the time. But we would go and, and we'd talk about these stories, and again, it would, just, it would just push them along the path, and then eventually something would happen where they would want prayer, and lo and behold, boom, they'd come in to the kingdom. Amen? That's how you use those stories. So the name of Jesus, what's this name actually mean? Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. So, so here we are where, where Joseph finds out that Mary's pregnant, but he knows he's not the one that got her pregnant. So he, he, was, he was an honorable man, so he, he was going to put Mary, he was going to divorce her kind of and, and do it in secret. And, and so Joseph was sleeping, 
And, and the angel of, of the Lord came to him, and this is what he said. In verse 21, he said, he said, And she will bring forth a son, meaning Mary, and you shall call his name Jesus. So God gave Mary, or Joseph the name of Mary and Joseph's son, Jesus, right? For he will save his people from their sins. The name of Jesus, he will save his people from their sins. So the, the Hebrew name of Jesus was actually Yeshua. It means Yahweh saves or the Lord is salvation. And, and you, need to, you need to know that. You need to really grasp that and understand it. So when, when you hear the name of Jesus, it's, it's Jesus saves or, or Jesus is the Savior. That word save, we've heard it many times, the word sozo. It means to save, not just going to heaven. Most of the time it's saving us from ourselves, right? We know how we were before Christ. So salvation is saving us from how we lived and, and walked and talked and thought. That's stinking thinking, right? To save us from ourselves, save us from hell, save us into eternity with, with, with the Lord. To heal us, to rescue us, to deliver us or protect us. So said another way, Jesus is our rescuer, he's our deliverer, he's our savior. Amen? Amen. God gave him that name. And he gave him a mission. John 3, 17, it says, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. There's power and there's weight, there's value, there's authority in names, and especially in the name of Jesus. Amen? That's what we're uncovering here. Because when you use that name, it's not just praying some prayer and then stamping it in the name of Jesus and and like that's our lucky rabbit's foot and everything will work out. It's really understanding the power and the authority that all of heaven and everything God is and, and who he is, he backs the name of Jesus. But you've got to have an understanding and a revelation of it. And it's not going to come through one night. You've got to meditate on this. Amen. Who is Jesus? What did he do? What's his name mean? And, and, and you get it from here to here. Like Pastor talked on Sunday, before he was saved, he had a tattoo on his arm. He had a knowledge of God. He had a belief in God. But he didn't have a revelation or a relationship with God. Amen. And that's the revelation. Acts 4 verse 12, it says, Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Say Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. He says, My yoke is easy. My burden is light. The world's yoke is heavy and burdensome. Jesus is the, the chain breaker. Amen. You can walk around in freedom if you're, you're serving Jesus. Justin, isn't that correct? Amen? The chain breaker in my life. It was the name of Jesus. Amen. I always believed in God, but it was, it was when Jesus came into my life. That name and the power and the authority behind that name. Philippians chapter 2, turn there. There's power in the name of Jesus. We're going to look at that. So again, we've looked at that names matter to God. That's what I've been trying to show you and, and open up to you here first. But now Philippians chapter 2, verse 9, there's power in the name of Jesus. It says this, Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. It's above sickness. It's above disease. It's above demonic attacks. It's above drug addiction. It's above alcohol addiction. It's above adversity. It's above crisis. It's above every name. It's the name of Jesus. Verse 10 says, At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There's power in that name. Amen? Amen? 
What's it saying here? Every creature in the universe will acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord over all creation. He's Lord over everything. He's Jesus. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and there was not anything made that was made without Jesus. He was, he was in the beginning with God. He's always been there. Amen? Every living thing, both heaven and earth, will honor Jesus. And finally, it's saying the heavenly forces and the demonic powers and people who reject Christ, as well as the faithful in the church, they will all bow before him one day. Amen. Either by choice or because they have to. And that's where we want to be out and we want to be the army, right? Amen. Because we have to share this gospel. We have to share the good news that we've been delivered, that we've been set free, that we've been healed, that all the great things that have happened to us. Amen? Amen. It's power in the name of Jesus. So what do we do with this, this, this name, Jesus? Turn in your Bibles to John chapter 14. So here's what we know. We, we know that God the Father is seated on the throne. Where's God at? He's in heaven, right? God the Son is, is seated at his right hand. Again, just had Resurrection Sunday. He's ascended up and he's seated at the right hand of the Father and he's going to come back one day to judge the living and the dead. But right now, he's seated at the right hand of the Father and he's making intercession on all of our behalves. We don't pray to Jesus. We pray to God the Father through Jesus. You pray in the name of Jesus. And so don't worry about, you know, saying all the right words because I, I believe that Jesus takes those prayers and he kind of cleans them up and gets them to his father. Hey, father, this is, this is what he meant. This is what she meant. He's making intercession on our behalf. Amen? And then where's the Holy Spirit living in you, right? John chapter 14, verse 12, we had, we had read this all through the month of March when we were talking about miracles. It says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do because I go to my father. Just talked about that. He's seated at the right hand of the father. Here it is, verse 13. Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do. That the father may be glorified in the son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Anything? Well, it's got to be according to his will. How do you find out God's will? In the Bible. 66 books. 780,000 words. Now, I know it doesn't tell you exactly where you're going to work or, or who you're going to marry and, and all that various things, but again, that's why you have the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth living in you, who will guide you and direct you and teach you. And you pray to the Father through the Son, Jesus, and he'll answer you by, by the Spirit. And you'll have peace. Peace will be your guide, whether you go this way or that way. If you don't have peace about it, stay put. Amen. Don't make a decision just yet. Amen? Amen? Verse 15, it says, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father. There it is. He's, he's making intercession on by our behalf. And he will give you another helper. This is the Holy Spirit, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So we've got the name of Jesus. He said, whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. So you, there's this, this thing called the power of attorney. It's a, it's a legal term, right? A power of attorney is simply this. It's a, it's a legal document that allows someone else to act on your behalf. So when I was 
detained for a, a, a moment. Melissa had power of attorney over me, so she could go to the, the bank, and, and it was just like me being in there. She could sign my name, and, and it was power of attorney. You know, you might, my, my mom is not, you know, we've got power of attorney over her now, where, you know, we help make decisions along with her, but again, we can sign checks, we can do things just as if it were her at the bank or, or wherever it is that we're at. That's, that's what the power of attorney is. And this is what we've been given. When we pray in the name of Jesus, it's the exact same thing as Jesus doing the praying. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I want you to meditate on that. I want that really to sink in to you. That's where it's got to go from here to here. When you are praying, not the minister's praying, but when you are praying. It's just as if Jesus were praying. That's what turns this thing into an army. When you get that down where you realize that you can lay hands on the sick and they will recover, where you realize that you can cast demons out, amen, that you can do all of those things, the same things Jesus did in greater works. But you've got to have an understanding of this power of attorney, this, the power in the name of Jesus, amen? And this power and this authority of the name of Jesus, it rightfully belongs to you as long as you're a born-again Christian. And here's the deal. He expects you to use it. He said, I've, I've got to go away. And the disciples were like, we don't want you to go away. He goes, no, you're going to want me to go away because I'm sending the comforter, amen, so he can multiply the greater works. Amen. You know, I heard a guy talk about the greater works the other day. He was like, you know, Jesus, basically the biggest crowd he could have, he, he would go out into maybe a lake and, 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 you know, obviously the noise from the lake would, would magnify his sound. So maybe there was 5,000, 10,000, 15,000 people. Now with the internet, you can literally be talking to, to tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, even millions of people. Amen. You think about that. Right. Billy Graham, you know, ministering to 215 million people. Now here's the deal. We're to go into our world. Amen. You're to go into your workplace, your marketplace, their place of business. And again, being the hands and feet of Jesus. Sometimes it, it might not be through what you say, but it's how you act. Right. Amen. That people will see that there's a difference Amen. in you. Amen. And when you have an opportunity, you pray. Mark chapter 16, verse 17 and 18. This is our mandate. I alluded to it just a moment ago. It says, and these signs will follow those who believe. Here it is. In my name. Say the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly, anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. We've talked about it many times. Our responsibility is to do the work, right? To pray, to get the the word of God moving. It's God's responsibility to make good on that word. And I'll tell you, I I, I mentioned this, you know, that that first or second Wednesday of of March when we we, we did that prayer of agreement, I, I realized, you know, just not powerless, but like, just agreeing with people based on the word, I couldn't answer anybody's prayer. I can't heal somebody. It's God who heals them. But we believe it based on his word. We, we, we pray the prayer of agreement. Where two shall agree on earth is touching, anything we ask for will be done by our Father which is in heaven. Jesus said those words. And so again, we, we, we got that word going by praying those prayers, and there were results as a result, or there was testimonies as a result of that. But it wasn't me. It was God. That's like you when you're out in, in, in your place of work or in, in your daily lives. You know, it's easy to, 
to sit in a room and, and, you know, we lay hands on one another and pray for one another and all that, but boy, go out into the marketplace and do it. Amen? Get uncomfortable and do it. That's what we've been called to do. Amen? And it's a privilege. Think about that. It's a privilege to be able to use the name of Jesus. But I'm telling you, that spirit of Antichrist has so watered all this down that, again, people use it as a curse word and all that, and, and, and they try to, want to try to remove all power from God's name, from Jesus' name. And my, my main point of today is to stir you up to realize that that, that name is, it, it is to be revered. revered. Reverence, respect, it, it t- has authority. Not just using it flippantly out there. And again, I'm not trying to put you into a ditch of of making you crazy with it. But again, just realize when you speak that name of Jesus, all heaven is backing you. And it's a privilege to be able to use the name of Jesus. Brady, if you want to come up here as we wrap up, three things. Again, names mean something to God. They mean something to him. Talked about Jesus, his name, and, and, and Jesus saves. That word so-so, he's our rescuer, he's our deliverer, he's our savior. Amen? And finally, there's power in that name. Amen. Those are the things we talked about tonight. Elementary stuff. But when you come back and you really think about it, you really meditate on this and you get these truths in you, you show people what you believe based on your actions. You know, when we were, we were building, in, in our supplement company, we had a, 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 a system, it was called the 24-day challenge. And, and if, if somebody didn't, if they were looking for weight loss, if they didn't lose roughly 10 pounds or, or more, we were shocked. We knew that they probably didn't follow it correctly. They didn't do what we, we taught them to do. And so I would always tell the team, I'd say, if you really believe that this is going to work, you're not going to be scared to talk, a pe- talk to people. You know, you, you're going to get this in their, their bodies and, and what they're looking for, it's going to create that change. And it's the same way with the name of Jesus. If you really, if we really believed that there was power in the name of Jesus, every time we saw somebody that was sick or, or, or whatever it is, somebody that was in need, we would immediately want to pray for them because we want to see God move in their lives, just like God's moved in our lives. And I'm talking to me here. I'm challenging me to step up and, and be in the front lines of this army. Amen? Amen and do better with this. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. I want to read a testimonial to you about the power of, of the name of Jesus. Bree Fechner, so Bree and her husband Ta- Taylor, did you guys love the, the three testimonials we had on, on Sunday? They were powerful, weren't they? Amen. Such a, just well done and, and you know, that moves people's hearts. So the word goes forth and then there's testimonies to back it up. But uh, Bree had shared with me that, that uh, their son Banks, um, I'll just read it here. He had been having night terrors for, for about a year now. In the last couple months, they had really ramped up, and he wasn't even sleepwalking. We were worried about his safety, and he seemed so terrified during his spells of night terrors. And we brought him along to the party service on March 1st so he could worship with us. When Pastor Mike asked if anybody needed healing, Banks asked, Banks is four years old. So they're not just coloring pictures of Jesus down there, Amen. right? The word of God is being deposited into them. Nothing wrong with coloring pictures of Jesus, but, but again, we want to deposit the word in them. Banks asked if Pastor Mike could pray for his night terrors and his sleepwalking. Bree says, I brought him up, and while we were waiting, I explained what was going to happen and that he needed to believe that Jesus, the name of Jesus, 
was going to heal him and he wasn't going to have any more night terrors. Pastor Mike prayed over him and anointed him with oil that night, and I'm sure it was in the name of Jesus, right? It is now almost exactly a month later, this was March 1st, and we are all so excited to say that he hasn't had an episode since. That's power in the name of Jesus. Amen? But it's got to be activated, and it's got to be believed. Amen? We know it here. We understand it, but a lot of times we take it for granted. Amen? Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning service at 9.30, as well as our midweek service on Wednesday nights at 7. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.